Live from Run Your Mouth World Headquarters. On today's show, are Cheerios turning your kids trans? And why removing chlormaquat from your diet might reduce the size of male breast tissue and prevent intrusive thoughts of wanting to cuddle with other men. Next, we explore the chemicals being released to cool the earth and the billionaires working to then reheat it. Scholars debate if we'll ever get it to a perfect temperature, and if we do, how politicians will navigate complaints from old women saying it's too cold. There are further concerns that if we get a working temperature dial, fathers will protest the cost of the electric bill. In financial news, economists look at if the Donald Trump Stormy Daniels case marks an end for hush money payments and how that might affect your local hookers. Some of us other gals out here working these streets, we rely on them hush money payments. I don't even know how I'm gonna feed my family. With Ukraine funding in flux, we explore the super secret Russian space weapon we're just finding out about. Kirby had this to say. Now there's no immediate threat and it's not currently in use, but we urge everyone to panic enough that uh, we get our funding. And with Israel leaving peace talks, we discuss whether the pullout method even works. It's your daily dose of misinformation. Oh, from a lightly hemorrhoided asshole. It's today's Run Your Mouth. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. It is a pleasure to be with you guys Saturday evening, enjoying, well, actually not enjoying being home, but we're not here with complaints. We're here with a packed episode. And then next week, come out, Utah, baby. We're going to be out in Utah. I got Kansas City coming up. I got Omaha, Nebraska coming up. Going to be swinging down to the Key West area. So, you know, RobbieTheFire.com for all the dates, everything else. Anyways, guys, I have an episode of Hope. You know, we're always up here, and uh, I'm yelling about how everything's going to shit, how we're going to have all sorts of problems in the world. But, my God, this is the most hopeful episode of the Run Your Mouth podcast we've ever done. And here's what I'm excited about, everybody, is uh, we're always thinking that there's some boogeyman out there, that these people, our overlords that are ruling above us, trying to do ESG scores, carbon credit schemes, getting a digital back, digital currency, and they've got all these plans that they're running so that they can try and take over the earth and keep us in our homes and try and make us do the COVID thing for the rest of our entire lives. But you want to know what? The minions that they're recruiting... It's like right out of, did you guys ever watch Venture Brothers and those little guys running around and like the, uh, the, uh, they're dressed as butterflies. The overlords are hiring shitty minions. They keep sitting around. They're coming up with these evil plans for how they could take over the earth and then sitting around and going, you idiots, you're ruining it for me. And let me tell you, these overlords, they're coming up with really good plans. But as it goes down the command chain, of the overlords who come up with good plans and then they have to put together their plans and then they got to spend their billions of dollars and then there's middle management and then as it filters down to the people that have to actually try and enact the plans it just falls apart and so you're going to see we're going to explore in this in today's episode all sorts of examples of minions failing our overlords as they try and take over the earth 
So anyways, but let's start with uh, with the Trump case out in New York City. Trump did lose his first case. This is not one of the criminal cases, but uh, for fraud, I guess maybe that is a criminal case, but for committing fraud in New York City, Trump is now down about $400 million. And uh, it's a confusing case because Trump took out loans from banks and then he paid back the loans with interest. Uh, so it's almost like the New York state government's going like, hey, listen, we're, we're, we got, we're, we're supposed to be bailing out these banks. You're not supposed to be making these banks money. We can't have people coming into our state and making money. That can't be good for capitalism. We can't be having you taking out loans and then actually repaying the loans with interest and building buildings that people are renting. That's not the way the economy's supposed to work. We can't have this kind of thing. We need us to be making money for the banks for them to then lose the money for then us to bail them out. We can't have honest citizens or even dishonest citizens lying to the banks and then returning a profit to them, that's going to throw off our entire system of the way this economy is supposed to work of us bailing out banks. And so let's give it a watch. This is the uh, prosecutor. You guys can let me know if we have the sound working. But before we do, here are the facts and figures. Just so you guys can see, I'm not making this stuff up. $454 million in fines and interest in New York business fraud case. So the first thing we're going to watch is the prosecutor from New York City. Let's see what she had to say. You guys can let me know if I have sound. Of any New York company for three years, Mr. Weisselberg and Mr. McConney are also banned for life from serving in a financial management role in any New York company. Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump are banned from serving as an officer or director of any New York company for two years. And Donald Trump and his companies are banned from applying for loans from any New York bank or financial institution for three years. We're shutting it down. Nobody's going to be making money in New York City. As we push more and more people that were actually paying their taxes down to Florida, and then we bring in more and more illegal immigrants that we then have to spend money on, we're going to make sure that in New York City we don't have one business here that's making money. And if that means that we're going to interrupt business loans and we're going to remove people that were profitable from our state, we're going to do that. And so here she is with the bold claim. Let's play this next clip. Financial fraud is not a victimless crime. When the powerful break the law and take more than their fair share, there are fewer resources available for working people. Can she possibly explain that just from an economic standpoint? So you just had a $454 million lawsuit against the guy running for president. Can you explain to me how the loans that he took that a bank processed? By the way, let's remember the fact that when you apply for a loan, it's a bank and the bank has a business relationship to review whether or not that's going to be a good loan. And so they did. They sat down and they did their homework. And then not only did they do their homework, they did their homework well, because you would think a bank wants to make money. And so in this case, they reviewed the loan and they said, hey, I think this is going to be a good loan. And then they were right. But then the New York City government stepped in and said, well, Donald Trump lied to you guys when he made you guys money. And so now she's making the claim that the fraud that Donald Trump perpetrated when he lied to banks and made them money somehow deprived other people of resources. Can you possibly explain that to me? Can you explain like, so what is her theory that when these bankers were sitting down and they were making these loans and they had money available to make loans, the fact that they lent the money to Donald Trump to go build buildings that made money got in the way of them making loans for other people. 
Is that the way banks work? I don't know. Maybe they, 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 if they would have been sitting down around on piles of money and more local people could have showed up. But I guess maybe that's what happened. People were applying for loans and the banks was like, listen, we like your business opportunity, but we just gave all the money to Donald Trump. So there's actually no money available for you. All right, let's continue. Oh, I want to play the rest of that clip. Financial fraud is not a victimless crime. When the powerful break the law and take more than their fair share, there are fewer resources available for working people, small businesses, and families. And everyday Americans cannot lie to a bank about how much money they have in order to get a mortgage to buy a home or a loan to keep their business afloat or to send their child to college. I bet that happens every single day. And that's why banks have large resources of people to actually review what you're applying for. I bet nearly every single person that applies for a loan. I actually have a uh, relative who's an underwriter uh, for loans and his entire job is screening out people that are overstating how well their business is doing because every single person applying for a loan does exactly that. And that's why he has a job as an underwriter so that he could review it. And now guess what? I guess if you're an underwriter and you do a poor job reviewing your loan or that guy lies to you and then you lose money, you'll go after him. But if you made money making him the loan, I'm pretty sure everyone in the history of ever turns around and goes, well, I got lucky with that one, but nope, not in New York city. If you lie, and I don't even know what the lie was because it seems like it relied off the Mar-a-Lago thing. I don't know who called up the New York City attorney and said, hey, we've got a problem here. Donald Trump was making us too much money. We're going to need you guys to step in and do something. All right. And here was Donald Trump responding. Fraud. The banks all got their money, 100%. They love Trump. They testified that Trump is great, great customer, one of our best customers. They testified beautifully. And the judge knows that. He's just a corrupt person. And we knew that from the beginning. We knew it right from the beginning because he wouldn't give it to the commercial division. This judge thought Mar-a-Lago is worth $18 million and it's worth anywhere from 50 to 100 times that amount. So we realized that. He ruled against me before he even got the case. He ruled against me. He said I was guilty. He didn't know what I was guilty. Trump should just turn around and sell Mar-a-Lago and go, look, told you so. Look at how much that thing was actually worth. So we've got one of five Donald Trump cases uh, uh, done. We've got four left to go. We're about to take a look at some of the other ones. This one, I'm sure that he's going to turn around and he will uh, try and fight this on appeal. I'm sure that it will probably go to some other corrupt New York City thing and then he'll actually end up in office. And then who knows, maybe he'll uh, enact legislation to make New York City a more honest judicial system. But is this going to be a win for New York? that the DA is getting rid of businesses that were actually turning a profit. And if you're going to go after Trump, what about all those stories of contractors that he wasn't paying? Wouldn't that be a better thing to go after the guy for? How do you actually go after a guy for making money for banks? And how do you take the sides of banks, the people that we bail out forever, they have all the resources in the world to decide whether or not they're going to approve or not approve your loan. And then in this case, if they're not upset about the loans as to why New York City thought that they needed to step in and then ban the Trumps from doing business in New York and take $500 million from them, do you think that's going to be a winning strategy for New York City, getting rid of businesses that were making money? And in this case, I, I, the foundation of the case is the prosecutor going, this isn't fair. Can you explain the economics of that? 
Can you explain to us how this harmed any individuals that Donald Trump was approved for these loans and made money? My guess is that they can't. All right, before we take a look at the next case, let's take a chance and plug our sponsors, YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo, only place in the entire world you can get an entire kilo of Kratom for get- just $60. So now I want to take a look at this uh, next case, and we're really going to dig into this one for a little bit because when politics intersects with Jerry Springer episodes, that's when that's when I my heart opens up and I go, all right, we're sitting on gold on this one. I spent two days in this studio just watching footage of this case. I was fascinated. I was like, man, this this is this is juicy right here. This is a fun one. And before I give any commentary, I would like to play a clip for some context that you guys, if you have not already seen this footage floating around online of Fannie Willis taking the stand, you know what? I'll give you guys even a little bit more information and then we'll play this clip for some context. So Donald Trump, The biggest court case against him is the January 6th court case down in Atlanta that he lied. He tried to, uh, you know, undermine our elections. Evil dictator without a plan of getting people to march into the Capitol. And he was going to steal our elections. And so this is the one that he could potentially actually go to jail for. And then it turns out, dun, 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 the evil minions assigned to go and uh, prosecute this case decided to give the contract to her boyfriend, get all sorts of lavish vacations. And you know what, before I give you guys any more of the details, let's just play a short clip. I didn't give him money in a contract, so that was cute, but I didn't give him money outside, uh, in a contract. What happened is, no, we're gonna answer it since you said it. He worked, he worked more hours than he was paid, and. So let's just start with, by the way, if you ever end up uh, in front of a DA prosecutor, you don't wanna be cute with them, don't be cute with them. And now just to avoid racial tensions, I, you know, while we evaluate this, first thing I want to say, I'm going to guess that this is more of an Atlanta thing. I've traveled the country and I have experienced particularly a disdain for people in Atlanta, for one. For two, it's an unfortunate when you're a minority and you have to see people that you don't like representing your minority on TV cameras. And you're like, I have nothing to do with this person. I got nothing to do with Janet Yellen. I've got nothing to do with Blinken. I've got nothing to do with myocarditis. I look at these people. I'm like, can we get, can we get these Jews out of government and replace them with the better Jews? I look at that too. So just as a little bit of a precursor before we get into this, I just want to say, I don't think, you know, I think this is an Atlanta situation, but you do watch this. And now that we've got that out of the way, we can go full steam ahead uh, about this case, which is about some lady sitting in court going, I ain't your baby daddy. You, 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 you better be making them payments. All right. So to break down some of the, uh, details of this case and, uh, before we pass judgment, somehow this lady wearing a backwards dress is worth $6 million. How many fans of this episode are worth $6 million? Anyone out there, anyone out there worth $6 million plus? Become a sponsor of the show, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. It's tax deductible, it's marketing, and you can just send us some money. Make even more studio improvements. But anyways, this lady, and so it's one of two things. Either this is one old, big old act of, 
gee shucks, I don't know. It's like Biden, suddenly you put him in front of the cameras at a deposition. He can't remember. Nobody can remember anything. And so who knows? Maybe this lady, she's coming out and she's playing an act where she can't remember continents. She can't put a dress on straight. Or all of us need to somehow get jobs in the Atlanta government because that's where the money is. I mean, we're out here trying to build out studios and podcasts. And little did you know, you could have become a lawyer down in Atlanta and somehow make all of the money. I don't understand how there's that much money in DA jobs. Maybe she was a lawyer beforehand. Maybe she's, maybe she does this thing where she just comes in and she just threatened jury. She's going, My, this client, jury. I mean, sorry, my, this client guilty. And they're like, all right, lady's yelling at me. I guess we're, we're going to decide that he's guilty. But really, this is a story of hope because they are not enacted. The overlords, they enacted a glorious scheme here where they've got five court cases going on against Donald Trump. And in this case, the conflict of interest, by the way, it doesn't even make sense. It actually helps Trump. If this lady was dating a dude who wasn't qualified for the job because he's never prosecuted a RICO case before, I also don't understand why DA offices are outsourcing prosecutions with giant contracts that can make a guy $650,000 in just two years. I don't understand any of that. Whatever. We all know that there's a little bit too much money in politics, and suddenly you start looking at government contracts compared to what all we have to do to actually make money, and you're like, this is loony, but that's the point. These people, they get greedy. The rest of us, we have to work jobs. We have to provide value. We have to actually show results. And if we don't do all that, we go, well, we're not going hungry in this country. Let's be honest. We got socialism here, but you're going to sit around at home. You're going to feel like a loser. You're going to have to live in some crappy apartment with the roommates. You're going to have to go live back at home with your parents. We all know what happens when you have no marketable skills or you show up to a job and you don't actually provide people any value. But you know what the overlords get to do? They get to create these monopolies. They get to enact government uh, legislation that will guarantee their profits. And you know what they do? They get complacent because they don't actually have to show results. And because they don't have to actually show results and they get complacent, I guess they will hire people like this to actually put their plans into action. People that can actually have a good case, take out the person that they're trying to prevent from getting back into office, and then that person can go ahead and just blow it by having a romantic relationship with the prosecutor. So just to, here's what they're claiming happened. The lady, she's got to hire a prosecutor. She hires her boyfriend. The boyfriend takes her out on lavish vacations. And by the way, if that's a conflict of interest, it's a conflict of interest in Donald Trump's favor. It doesn't make sense. I wouldn't really describe it as a conflict of interest. Conflict of interest would be if Donald Trump's attorney turned out that she was getting, he was getting the best blowjob, or if it was a lady because Donald Trump does have hot lady lawyers, she ate the best box in the entire world. And then you had some other person come forward and go, and listen, I saw them. I saw them in the back of the courtroom and, and this, this, the, uh, the D agent was actually eating this lady's box and she said that was the greatest box eating I've ever had in my entire life. And then you go, that's a conflict of interest. This lawyer can no longer represent Donald Trump because after she had her box eaten in the best possible way ever, she's not going to actually want to win this case because she's going to want to continue to get her box eaten. You see, that would be the conflict of interest. But when the other side decides that they're going to blow their case and spend all the money on a person who's worse at prosecution, it's not exactly a conflict of interest. It's not, if anything, it's making it easier for you to do the case. With that said, it's also glorious for Donald Trump to be showing up and going, they were having inappropriate relationships. Listen, I understand paying for sex. I get it. I've done it. 
but you're not supposed to do it. That's a no-no. And so if they're going to be involved in a no-no, and so this is so great. This lady might have blown it. She might have blown the whole court case because uh, here we go. Oh, and just as an aside, because whenever I watch these things, you know, I'm over here and we do a, we do a real news show over here. We're talking about politics. This isn't the sex and porn broadcast. That's not what we do over here. We're not the relationship show. We don't do that. We're trying to talk about what's going on in the news. And somehow you still get flooded with this stuff. It, it, isn't that incredible? And I'm not trying to say I'm a saint. If anything, this stuff makes me feel worse about my life. Or I'm like, how much casual sex is everybody else having? You, 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 read, you read in the news about these uh, these new throuples. These people going out and, and, and having five-way relationships. The, your Tinders, your new apps that check credit scores. Which I, I even had a joke that I tried about that. I, saw, I just saw that one recently that they're doing that. And uh, while I was sitting there thinking this, where I was like, how much casual sex is everyone else having? Apparently, the uh, bald judge was thinking the exact same thing. He was also sitting there like, man, I got to get out a little bit more. Man, everyone's, everyone else seems to be having a good time. All right. But anyways, getting back to the absolute irrelevant Jerry Springer drama of this Donald Trump case unfolding is this is from NBC. What happens if Fulton County DA Fannie Willis is disqualified from the Trump racketeering case? And apparently it means that the case will probably fall apart because whoever then steps on board will not have enough time to prosecute this before the election. So there's a good chance that this one just falls away. Uh, and this is fascinating because we've seen Donald Trump take out quite a few lawyers at this point. Michael Avenatti sitting in jail. Stormy Daniels ended up owing Donald Trump money. Now he got crushed by, uh, by, uh, Gene Carroll. There's no question about that. He just got hammered in New York city on the $400 million thing, but these aren't over. You know, Donald Trump might continue to be able to get up there and say, hey, that judge was fraudulent, get into office, and then actually maybe assign a new special counsel to go after all these people. It'd be interesting if not only do you see all these cases fall apart, but because uh, Donald Trump's got a way of winning with these people. Sometimes it really seems like he's down for the count, and then he turns around, and listen, the guy, the guy lost the election because he couldn't prove the fraud. And we've seen Donald Trump lose quite a few times. He never built us that wall he promised us. We, we've seen him rack up some L's. But there's something about uh, 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 legal cases against Donald Trump that people give him a hard time and then it turns around and they end up in trouble. And this seems to be another example of that where you've got DA agent. I guess this might be the court case of a lifetime. You get to be the person who's going to take down Donald Trump and you're going to put him into jail and you just couldn't not have sex with the prosecutor. Handsome man, though. I mean, talk about talk about the built Bald and handsome. I, I I respect this lady's taste. I see what she's going for here. But anyways, let's take a look and watch some more of the action. So the big question is whether or not, I guess, he paid for vacations, which who cares? Firstly, these guys get to take a lot of vacation. You, you, you're listening to these people talk about passing around like $2,500 back and forth, and you're like, you can just hand that to someone? You have enough time off from your job that you get to take three, four vacations. You get to go down to the Bermudas. You get to go down to the this. Man, you guys are living a nice lifestyle. And so the claim is that while she gave this guy this lucrative contract and he's out there and he's paying for all the vacations, there was no real conflict of interest because she was paying him back. Now, once again, this is such irrelevant drama. It's irrelevant. It's not a real conflict of interest. It's just funny. And not only is it funny because every single person that took the stand on this case, it started to devolve into an even bigger episode of uh, 
of Jerry Springer where these people are so stupid, they're just getting themselves in more and more trouble. You've got Fannie Willis going, why do I have so much cash in my house? Oh, yeah, it's because uh, when I was running for office, I kept some of that cash. And then they try and bring out the partner for this guy from his law firm, and then they bring up apparently he was involved in some uh, sexual assault claim. There were claims made against him, and he just kept talking, and the judge was like, I think you better, you know what, let's go back. I think you better stop talking. All right, so anyways. And now that we devolve or we dive into the irrelevant bullshit of this Jerry Springer episode, which, like I said, the conflict of interest is irrelevant. It's just funny that the case might fall apart because of something this stupid and that the overlords couldn't do a better job of interviewing their middle management teams of who were going to enact their evil plans. But Fannie Willis, so she takes the stage and she's trying to explain that I... she just repays cash because she doesn't hang out with the kind of people that are particular about money. And that it's humorous though, because it's self-contradictory because if you guys have so much money being tossed around and you don't care about money, then like, so why are you hanging out with the guy who's making you even reimburse you for the vacations? If you and your pals and the people you get along with just throw around money and you pick up bills and there's no reason to split them, then why are you also having a conversation about splitting bills? Let's give it a watch. Outside of the vacations that we've already talked about, did you ever go out to dinner with Mr. Wade? I, I mentioned to you that uh, I have What time period? Like, we're, we're asking very vague questions. I thought we were treating the witness as hostile under 611. We're no longer doing that. So are we going to go back and forth? We need to be more specific with our questions if we're going to treat her as hostile. <laughs> All right, Ms. Merchant, it's not so much. I think you can elect between leading and open-ended questions, but I think we are still wondering about, and I think we need to get back on track of focusing on the financial benefit or the relationship. And my next question about if you did go out to dinner, who paid when you went out to dinner? He paid. I paid. You both paid. Okay, so let me be real clear. We didn't say, oh, the bill is $102. You give $51, I'll give $51. I don't operate like that with my girlfriends. I don't operate like that with anyone. He caught the bill, I caught the bill. Whomever. Did you ever pay him through Cash App? No. You only ever paid him through cash? Well, yes. Uh, but we're talking about, I'm. And then let's watch this video. And then he tells me how much it is, and I give him the money back. I don't. Just like you're asking me about the money with Robin. I don't do my friends like that. So if you tell me it's a G, then you're going to get $1,000. Whatever it is, I didn't ever make him produce receipts to me. Whatever he told me it was, I gave him his money back. Isn't it? So it sounds like you do hang out with the kind of people that are nitpicky about money and splitting bills. All right. And then this was fun. They asked him about cabins. I'm asking you to go through a thousand pages of records. I'm asking if you remember paying for a cabin six months ago in Tennessee. No. You remember booking a cabin? I booked lots of cabins. What a lifestyle. Yo, dog, I, I book cabins all the time. You think this is the only bitch I'd be, I be hanging out in cabins with? I can't remember going to no cabin. And then uh, this was one of the pals. Once again, irrelevant bullshit. This shouldn't matter. It's not really a conflict of interest. If the DA team is blowing it by hiring the wrong people to do the job because they'd rather go on nice vacations with them, uh, that's an internal problem. That's for your side to figure out, if anything, that would favor Donald Trump. But you have a pal testifying she saw a DA kissing Nathan Wade years before embattled lawyers claim. 
because it's all about the timing. Was this relationship kickstarted once she gave him the contract? Which, by the way, that might be even dirtier. She might be like, listen, I'll give you this contract, but you're going to take me on some vacations and eat this box. You know what I, how come no one even brought that up as a point? That, that could have been the thing right there. She could have actually been sexually assaulting this handsome man right here. This handsome, bald man, she might have assaulted him. Has anyone brought that up? That the Atlanta DA might have given contracts and then threatened to take away the contracts? Why is it better if they were dating before, or why is it worse if they were dating before him? That doesn't sound like a worse conflict of interest. If anything, it's more of a conflict of interest with a possibility of aggressive sexual assault. Like I said, full-scale Jerry Springer. And then here um, was her accidentally admitting to what might be campaign finance fraud. I can't tell you. But I always have cash at the house. That has been, I don't know, all my life. If you're a woman and you go on a date with a man, you better have $200 in your pocket. So if that man acts up, you can go where you want to go. So I keep cash in my house. And I don't keep cash as good in my purse like I used to. Um, I don't go on many dates, but when you go on a date, you should have cash in your pocket. So my question was, where did that cash originally come from? If it didn't come out of the bank? Cash is uh, fungible. We've had cash for years in my house. So for me to tell you the source of when it comes from, when you go to Publix and you buy something, you get $50, you throw it in there. When It's been my whole life. When I took out a large amount of money on my first campaign, I kept some of the cash of that. Like, Whoops. Hey, listen, I don't even know the way continents work. He can't be asking me about that. Then they brought up the next witness, and he's uh, might have admitted to some problems in making payouts. And so uh, as that case devolves, it'll be interesting to see the way it plays out. And if Donald Trump ends up walking out scot-free on the whole January 6th thing because the overlords couldn't hire better people to oversee it. Uh, now, in the Hush Money New York case, the judge has set a date for March 25th. Uh, and I don't know, as far as I'm concerned, campaigns should be able to make as many hush money payments as they need. Don't you want a guy who's still getting some young ladies walking out there fresh thinking he still got it? Don't you want people with that kind of confidence going to represent us on the world stage? Hey, everyone talks about the image of the way America will look to other countries. Don't you want a guy loose shoulders flopping his arms like this because he knows he just made a nice hush money payment and got away with another affair? Isn't that who you'd rather have representing you? What would you rather? He doesn't make the hush money payments. And then you got all these prostitutes just walking around talking about how they slept with the president. Or you want a president who's getting no action whatsoever. Is that what you prefer? People that go to the higher rung, highest rungs of power. That's how you end up on Epstein's Island. That's how you end up doing creepy shit and saying creepy things. All right. So anyways, I, I stand by none of what I just said for the last 30 seconds. But anyways, judge sets a March 25th trial for Trump's criminal hush money case. And I would think that this is the lawyer's fault. If you hire a lawyer and you tell the lawyer, hey, listen, I need to make this problem go away. Is there a way for me to make this go away? And then the lawyer goes, yeah, we can get that done. That's on the lawyer. If the lawyer responds to you, there's no legal way for me to do this. And then you try and propose to him, all right, well, I'm going to go do this. Can you cover it up? Well, now you're committing a crime. But if I sit down with my accountant and I go, how do I put together this information for the IRS? And he makes a recommendation. That's on the accountant. Unless he tells you, listen, you're playing a game here. And then in which case, you've, then that's on you. You decided to play a game. 
But it would seem to me if I'm trying to figure out whether or not I can do something and I go to my lawyer and the lawyer advises me to do the following and then it turns out that, that, that that's on the lawyer. I literally sat down with the person to determine what the legal course of action was and if that guy messed it up, that's on the, that's on the lawyer. Unless the lawyer specifically told you that what you were doing was illegal, uh, which uh, from what I read, it just seems like that Michael Cohen guy was a bit of an idiot. But it's in New York, so you can almost for sure see that he is guilty. All right, and so as further explanation or exploration of the overlords and the people that they're picking to be their minions, this should be a Monty Python sketch, but you've got Rachel Levine, who uh, is, uh, I, I think, the head of Biden's health team. And uh, she looks like a, a healthy lady. I mean, if I've ever seen a picture of a healthy middle-aged lady, this is what a healthy middle-aged lady looks like to me. And uh, so not only is she responsible for health, but one of the problems with health, and it's pure science, is that man-made activities are contributing to global warming. And not only are we contributing for global warming, but there's already negative repercussions from this global warming. It's not weather patterns. There, there hasn't been death because of weather patterns for, you know, I think there was an ice age, but that was, you know, that, 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 that wasn't a weather pattern. I don't know what happens to the dinosaurs. That wasn't a weather pattern. There's never been volcanoes. There's never been hurricanes. Everything that you see that we actually have better resources to prevent against because we've got wealth and economy and you can build better buildings and you got electricity, but all these things that we have to survive this new human experience of weather patterns of surviving on earth and having to deal with the elements that's new. That's because of global warming. And that's a new thing that we have to deal with. So firstly, just to kind of, you, you got to keep track of the science to make sure that you're all up to speed on the way science works. Uh, males, can see themselves as identify and not even identify as females. You can be a female who is mistakenly born into a male body and you can go through the life experience of being a male and having kids and going that that was a enjoyable experience, but then still then later in life, identify as a lady, even though you fathered kids and saw that as a meaningful experience and share with others that they shouldn't go through that process. I'm pretty sure she talks about having kids, but I could be wrong on that. Maybe, maybe I invented that. Maybe I just inserted some nonsense narrative bias and I'm trying to understand the science here. Let's, let's, let's reframe guys. We're trying to be understanding of the science and, uh, you know, just be up to speed on everything that's going out in the world. Right? So women can be men when well, no, a woman can be born into the wrong body. And they can have kids as a man and experience a bunch of life as man and then decide that later in life. Um, and then they can also become the health representative, even if they're not skinny or fit or seem like healthy individuals, but that's fine. It, it's tougher if you were born in the wrong body to like show up to the gym and be like, generally speaking, healthy and not just a schlubby Jew or me in 20 years. Uh, but anyways, we're just trying to keep the facts straight here. Facts straight. So you can be a female born into a male body. You can become the head health representative for the government. And you can accept that global warming is an absolute immediate problem. And not only is it an absolute immediate problem that is going to make all of us destitute and should be immediately addressed. But the real reason that we need to address it is that it's affecting poor minorities even more than it's affecting the rest of us. 
So forget the fact that the entire world is going to collapse tomorrow and that we're all going to die and our grandkids can't survive. That's not the real issue. The real issue is that right now it's affecting black people even more than it's affecting the rest of us. So let's give this a watch just so we can have a full understanding, you know? Hello, I'm Admiral Rachel Levine. This Black History Month, I'm pleased to partner with OMH in advancing better health through better understanding for black communities. Climate change is having a disproportionate effect on the physical and mental health of black communities. Black Americans are more likely than white Americans to live in areas and housing that increase their susceptibility to climate-related health issues. And 65% of black Americans report feeling anxious about climate change's impact. Through our Office of Climate Change and Health Equity and the Office of Environmental Justice, we're working with providers and community leaders to identify innovative approaches that empower communities to address the health consequences linked to climate change. Visit hhs.gov for more information and tune in next Thursday to hear from another HHS leader on how you can contribute to advancing better health for black communities. I guess we're going to have to follow up with them for more of the uh, specific recommendations uh, for how we can help these minorities uh, in their time of need as they are disproportionately affected uh, from global warming. All right, I think uh, I had a couple more topics that I wanted to cover. And before we do, shout out sheathunderwear.com, the most fantastic underwear you'll ever wear in your entire life. What do we got today? What do we got today? I think we got the reds, the old classic red sheaths. Those are a good one. Sheathunderwear.com, use promo card RYM, you get yourself 20% off the greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. It feels slick, it feels smooth, it gives you mobility everything's held in place this is a good time you want you want to have a good time like this where you can get on camera and show off the agility of your legs friction free even though you're wearing tight jeans you got to go to sheathunderwear.com use promo card rym you get yourself 20 percent off the greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man all right before we show one last video of our failing overlords and the people that they've put to enact their plans i do want to give you guys the full scoop of all the things that have happened in the news over the last couple days. So here are some other headlines uh, that you guys should be uh, um, uh, uh, aware of. Firstly, I wrote Egypt building some space. That's not a thing. That is, uh, I don't even know what I tried to write there. I think first I was trying to write about the uh, supposed Russian. That's how much of a space cadet I am. That's the kind of thing I did in school where I knew the answer and you would write something like that. And the teacher's just like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> Anyways, oh, no, 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 that's actually, I'm sorry, I'm laughing at how dumb I am. That has to do with Israel, and that makes sense now. All right, let's start with the uh, Burisma lie. Uh, so the latest in, I, I stopped following the whole, hey, Joe Biden has been bribed by Ukraine and China story, because it was a little bit like the uh, um, Donald Trump losing the election and fraud in the election story. At some point, I can't keep reading articles that tease details that don't have details and just finding it aggravating where they're constantly like, oh, we have brand new information. And it's like, I'm fast forwarding to the end of the story. You guys have already bored me with it. If you can prove it, great. If not, it doesn't matter. And if you can't prove it and you're so sure of it, you guys are a bunch of losers. And it goes all the way back to the Hunter Biden laptop story where they kept telling us that there was all sorts of creepy shit on it. There's proof of the finances. And then it just he's having fun with hookers. And they keep telling you about these unbelievably scandalous things. And then you're like, I don't know. 
Just seeing his glorious cock and pictures with hookers. That's all I'm seeing here, right? And then they keep telling us, well, we have bombshell information, bombshell information. And maybe I'm being suckered by the fact that he's not actually in trouble. It's like, for example, Fauci, I follow that story, and Fauci probably won't be going to jail. So to your average citizen, they look at the Fauci thing, and they're just like, well... I don't know what you're talking about. I see him glorified here. I see him glorified here. I see him hanging out with Bono. I see this guy being wealthy, PBS specials. I don't know what you're talking about, that this guy should be a criminal. If he's such a criminal, why isn't he in trouble? So it is a little bit self-reinforcing, I'll be honest. But I have just got bored of keep reading articles, rehashing the same things, financial scandal, bombshell information, this, that, the next thing, and then just like nothing. It's like prove it or don't. So anyways, the latest claim, which is very odd, is that uh, the whistleblower that they had that document within the FBI, uh, it turns out, I think the person that was quoting the document lied. You see, I'm not even sure on this story. But anyways, I, 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 that one seems like a lie to me. So the point is this uninteresting, confusing story rolls on. And my guess is Biden's probably not re-winning the election. And even if he does, they're probably never going to prove the fact that he's been completely bribed by these other people. And we know it anyways. We literally watched footage of him say, I, I threatened to withhold these payments. And then all of a sudden the kid's on the board. Like we know it. It was literally right in front of us. Uh, the latest down in Israel is that they are bombing the Rafa region, and this is the Egypt building some spaces. Egypt is trying to build like a wall within their wall to give room for 100,000 people, which is a great idea until Israel finally goes, well, we got to bomb that too now. Hamas is there. That's the main artery. We've seen tunnels there the whole time. And uh, last week they uh, bombed or raided a hospital more accurately, uh, which uh, and claiming that there were that they rounded up 20 militants that were involved in January 7th. Uh, it's hard to tell who's lying on either side of this. And it seems like going as far as raiding and uh, raiding hospitals uh, with claims of not safe passage is just blatantly over the line. But that's the latest from there. Uh, and then lastly, you've got uh, the uh, Nalvani fellow out in Russia is dead. I was surprised to hear he was still alive, uh, but that was the guy who uh, was sent to some horrible work camp who was actually uh, seemingly, at least in the Western world, you never know. We're not over in Russia. I can't tell you how popular he was. I can't tell you how popular Putin actually is or isn't with the people over there. We certainly see the way people were brainwashed over here for COVID and our government propaganda. I don't know how uh, brainwashed in Russia they are to be pro-Putin. Uh, they were trying to sell us as that this guy was a real political threat to Putin. He was a better option. Uh, was any of that true? I don't know. Uh, but they will be making a big stink out of the fact that uh, he was, uh, I, I don't know, blatantly shot dead or just starved to death out in, uh, in a work prison. All right. Uh, so last thing on the theme of today's episode of our overlords failing by not being able to hire good middle managers. If you guys haven't seen this footage thus far and you're not familiar with the fact that the police of our country are under severe threat of acorns. It's like Chicken Little out there. You get an acorn falling on your head. How are you supposed to know that it's not global warming, that the world's not over and that you're not being shot at? And so here you have, you got some guy, he's out on a mission, an acorn falls on him. He convinces himself that uh, he doesn't know who shot at him, but the natural response, if somebody, if you think that you've been shot at, 
because an acorn falls on your head, the only thing that you possibly can do is just shoot. That's all you can do at that point. And if you're the partner of a cop who's just shooting in some direction, even if you don't see a target, the natural response is to take out your gun and just shoot in that direction. And so uh, that's enough commentary. Let's watch the acorn incident of a cop shooting into empty space and then his partner going, oh, I guess we're shooting at nothing. It even looks like he's shooting at his own car. I know I'm not the only one to make this, but he actually sounds like the ma the chief from Reno 911 with the high shorts. My legs don't work. Do you know your tag number? And then here's the partner. Okay, it's okay. Shoot. It seems like there's people standing around. Jesse, but hey, Jesse, are you okay? if this is my opportunity to discharge my firearm into a public area on the basis of you just screaming shots fired, I'm all about it. So anyways, a message of hope that while the overlords enact their plans to try and overtake the earth, to try and get carbon credit schemes going, to try and get initiatives for central back digital currencies, for trying to track every one of our purchases, to try and keep us from meat, all these little plans that they're trying to enact, great. So you guys are on top and you came up with these grand ideas. But as you have no experience in the market of actually getting things done, do you think you're actually going to get it to enact them? Are you going to have police officers that just fire on random individuals? Are you going to have health, you know, <laughs> the head of your health staff who doesn't look particularly healthy talking about how the biggest threat I mean if you were a minority and you watched that video are you like is the government really wasting their time can you imagine being in the hood and being like oh this person's going to help you with your health you think that's going to make the like uh African Americans feel better about what the government's doing to help them oh don't worry we're on the situation because we're going to address global warming like I don't fucking care about global warming you getting me health care or not all right. Anyways, that's our episode. Thank you for hanging out with us uh, back probably next week, Wednesday, with a new episode. Hopefully having Bobby the Bank on, getting some business tips going. Uh, I feel like we had the sound flowing today, but to be honest, I, I'm just talking out loud. The setup right now is an absolute mess. I hated the way that I had this one set up. The, the screen over here is blocked. So anyways, and I, I didn't even take the comments. I don't like where the camera's placed. I left the LEDs on. It's all good. Listen, you guys you guys aren't concerned with these details. You're like, why do you have to mention that? I thought, I, I, you're like, I like the show. I listened to it. The sound actually played. Anyways, you know, c continuous project of making improvements. Uh, I don't know why I'm still talking. The show is over. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. You guys can uh, hit me up if you got your porches. Start sending your uh, your porches. I'm already ready to get back out on the road. Rob's Newsroom to just burn this studio to the ground and just get back to telling dick jokes and getting drunk in people's backyards. Except I need more new dick jokes. If you have more new di dick jokes for me for Summer Porch Tour, you can email that to me too. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Just put subject line, Porch Tour 2024. Send me a picture of your backyard and just let me know if you got, like, I, on the low end, dude, some people have, like, incredible PA systems, which is cool. They got friends and bands. They roll up with the big speakers. We don't need all that. It, typical porch store, we got 50 people in the backyard, so you just need a wife that's cool with 50 randos showing up for about an hour and a half, two hours. 
and then you just need one friend that's got a guitar amp. I'll bring a light and a microphone. We're good to go. That's Summer Porch Tour for you. Uh, that's the show. Back Wednesday. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed. That's it. We're done. There's nothing more to say. We are finished. Have a